The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk. Now, we had asked you to get in touch with your experiences of A&E services over the past few weeks. We were contacted by people across the country who had presented to hospitals and were met by understaffed, chaotic and in some cases unclean conditions. And we'd like you to continue uh, to tell us about those experiences. Sinead says her nightmare hospital experience has left her nervous to attend an A&E ever again. Sinead, good morning. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm very well. But how are you and what happened to you? I'm okay now, thankfully. Um, But uh, basically, I was up in Mayo for work. um, And I had, I felt very, very unwell. And I didn't really know what was wrong. Um, It was actually a panic attack. Not something I'd ever experienced before, nor do I have any idea where it came from. But I suppose the long and the short of it is, um, without knowing what was wrong, the hotel called the ambulance because I was presenting with things that could, could have been anything concerning, you know. So the ambulance brought me into um, Mayo General and I'm still dealing with just how horrific the whole thing was because as much as what was wrong with me hasn't become serious and wasn't serious, we didn't know at the time, but isn't serious, I now have this just unbelievable fear of as time goes on, as my life goes on, as people that I know and love go on, anyone ending up in any because it is just actually, it's given me such health anxiety that anything that's wrong with you, that that's your first port of call where you end up when you're sick. And that's the last place you now want to go. The, uh, the, the ambulance came fairly promptly and picked you up. Now, now we know that ambulances can't uh, be released for further duty until they uh, get their patient taken from them at A&E. How long yeah. were you waiting to get into A&E? So I would say this is the part that it scared me the most. Um, I was probably collected around 11.30, which was very, very prompt. They were only about five or ten minutes away. Um, and the uh, person in the ambulance left my side at around 4 a.m. So for approximately four and a half hours, you were in the, the care of the ambulance people, and they couldn't get about their duties until you had been yes. moved on. Yeah, so I was told, and obviously I don't know for certain, but I was told on the, the night that, you know, they had, a, had they not come for me at that time, I would have been a further three hours waiting for the next free ambulance. What did you see once you got into the emergency department? Well, I was lucky because of being in the ambulance, I was on a stretcher. So I was actually brought in and I was unaware of most things around me at the time purely because of where they positioned me so I was on a stretcher I was put very very close to a woman behind me who I later found out because she was it was awful she was actually screaming in pain with um she had broken her ankle really badly um but she her stretcher the foot of her stretcher was literally under the head of mine so my stretcher was off her feet were literally under my stretcher um, you know, and her with a broken leg. It was just awful. So at one point, I had to get up to go to the bathroom. I had to ask if I was allowed to go and all this, just, you know, to make sure that I could get up and stuff like that. I went to the bathroom, and what I saw was just, I was so shocked. Elderly people, like, obviously, this is a lot of Amy's, but this one was just so, so scary. Um, elderly people sitting in what I kind of would call, like, school chairs, 
you know, where they're like the hard seats, the yeah. hard back. And I saw them at around probably 12 and still there all night. Um, they were, they looked, you know, sick. Obviously, there was people injured, all sitting in chairs, you know, all night. Um, the, it was just rammed with people. Then when I got to the bathroom, and I know this sounds like something that's so small, but when you're obviously sick, scared, because you don't know what's wrong with you either. The bathroom itself was like probably the second worst I've ever seen in my life, as in there was the smell of urine, there was the toilet was not okay. Everything was just such, I, I, I couldn't get over what I'd walked into, you know. Okay, so so what was the worst toilets you've ever encountered? <laughs> Electric picnic. <laughs> so, so Mayo General, the toilets in ED, second only to electric picnic after yeah. a busy weekend. Yeah. And, you know, I don't say that. I, I, when I got to the door of the toilet, it, as I opened the door, it was wet right to, like, an inch or two outside of the door. Like, it was not okay. Like, and then I suppose the awful thing is, is obviously... I had actually come from a hotel, so I was lucky in the sense that I had thought to put shoes on before getting, you know, into the ambulance. But if I was going from home, like, I might be in socks or, you know, I just don't know, would you be thinking? And I just don't even know how an elderly person could safely get to a bathroom or, you know, it just felt so scary, like everything. And people so, so, so unwell all night just sitting there. Like, I think there was, I could be wrong, but I think... There was only three of us on stretchers and everyone else on, on chairs. Now, how were the staff when you finally got to be seen? Okay, so I, I definitely cannot fault the staff that were on. Um, but I saw one person, I presume a nurse, I, I, I'm not sure, who did my um, blood pressure and an ECG. Then there was the person in charge who took my file from the ambulance and signed and I don't know if anybody else was there. There was rumours there was a doctor on, but there was also people saying that there wasn't. Um, I'm sure there had to be somewhere in the hospital, but I didn't see anybody else but those two people the entire night. They were so lovely, but just so overstretched. Not a second for anyone. Um, like the guilt I felt because I was dying for a glass of water and um, one of the ambulance staff went and got me um, a glass of water. But had they not been with me, like once they left, there was no way I was getting anything, even, you know, water, no matter what was wrong with me, I, I was around a corner. So they, the staff would have had to have been passing for me to be able to get anything, you know. Now, you had an ECG and yeah. uh, you'd had your blood pressure taken. So uh, presumably they, that's a kind of a triage to make sure that you're not having a heart attack and uh, that you're not, you know, suffering from an acute asthma attack that might uh, do for you. So they were going to leave you there for further e examination. So y your concern is not really for yourself at that no. moment. Your concern is going forward. Is this what lies ahead? Should you have anything like a broken ankle or a heart attack or a stroke? Is this what lies ahead? Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, like I am from Cork, so I know I'm, I live very close to a hospital and did, if I needed, I'm sure someone could bring me in, you know, very, very close. But like the, the I mean, even now my chest is feeling tight, thinking about how long you have to wait, one, to get to hospital if you are in an emergency and two, you know, yeah, what you meet when you're there. And, you know, 
being that nervous and scared in a hospital on top of all of that, it's just, it's just awful. Um, I would also say that, you know, I needed blood done because they wouldn't, well, I could discharge myself, but they were recommending that I don't leave until I'm having blood tests done. And there was no, nobody communicated with me that I could leave and maybe get blood done by a doctor or something like that because my results were okay because nobody was there that could communicate with me that the results of my blood pressure, my ECG, um, were okay. There was no one there to take my blood um, because certain levels of staff now don't do that and only certain levels of staff do. Once my bloods were taken, it was, they were checked. I was actually, you know, discharged once the process started, not too, not too long later. Um, but there was nobody there all night. So what wasn't communicated, I suppose, with everyone who went in there is that nothing is going to happen throughout the entire night because nobody is there to do anything to help. And I, I, I mean, obviously, if you went to a heart attack, I'm sure you'd be moved to another side of the hospital and things like that. But I mean, the minor, the 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 what feel major, but the slightly minor things. There was no point in going in there until the next day. Sinead, thank you very much for sharing your experiences with us. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at nine a.m. on News Talk.